Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Uh, 2 Timothy this morning uh, is chapter 2. We took a little break. Uh, from our Roman series. Let me just say this about series. I, I believe that it is a great benefit to study through books of the Bible and verse by verse as we've been doing. And Lord willing, we plan on going back to that uh, probably after next Sunday. Uh, but we have to leave room for the Spirit to, to guide us in different directions. And there will be things, and you can get into books even like Romans. You could be there for a year to. So uh, there has to be that... Um, uh, liberty to follow the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, this morning, Lord willing, we're going to bring Brother Terry before the church. And uh, so with that and with some of the things that are going on in church, just thought it was a good time to just take a little break and talk about uh, deacons, preachers, and the people. All right. Uh, that, that's what we talked about last week. We kind of described uh, what a deacon is supposed to be, a servant, a selfless um, servant that, that is there to serve people and how that all of us are really supposed to be doing that. Um, and this morning we're going to talk about preachers um, and see how that what preachers are supposed to be and how uh, that kind of uh, has something to do with, the, with you guys as well. But uh, I am very, very excited about being a part of the Sandhill Church and what is going on right now. If you know Gary at all, any of you that know me very much at all personally, there's probably no subject I can ever, ever preach on or anything in my life that's any more dear to me than what I want to talk about this morning. Um, this is really the heartbeat of your pastor. This has really been my, my life's ministry, my, my everything. And it is, it is about as dear to my heart as anything that I can ever talk to you about. And so I'm... So uh, just a little bit of insight into your pastor's head. Um, I listen to myself. I tell the other preachers to do this too. It is agonizing, but I, t- I listen to myself preach. All right, I go back and listen to the, the, the uh, podcast and whatnot. It's horrible, right? It's, it's, it's horrible, right? But I do try to listen to it for the reason of finding out what I'm doing wrong. And I've picked up on a lot of things, you know, that I do wrong. Uh, but... Um, I'm going to try to slow down this morning. It's easy to get up here and you kind of get in a hurry and get to going real fast and, and then you, it's, it's not what it ought to be. So I've been praying all morning, Lord, help me slow down, help me to, to just really speak from my heart because this is a very, a very dear subject to my heart. Um, so <clears throat> I heard two quotes that kind of got me thinking about this message and I want to, I want to, I don't know if they'll mean as much to you as they do to me, but I'll be honest, both of them kind of just really just shook my world. And I want you to think about these. I'll read them to you a couple times. But one preacher said, everything we believe today is an accumulation of all the traditions and the beliefs from the past. I'll read it again. Everything we believe today is an accumulation of all the traditions and beliefs of the past. Now, if you just let that sink in and think about it, if you go across this whole congregation, all of the people that are here, 
whether you were in a different church, whether it was in this church, whether it was grandma told you, whether you went to a different denomination, whether you was raised in a different kind of school, everybody here brought in some beliefs. And guess what? Some of them wasn't right. <laughs> some of them wasn't right, in, in, including uh, those of us raised in this church. Uh, but, but what I'm saying is now we're all sitting together and we all say, well, I, I, I believe this, I believe this. So everything that we have experienced in the past, maybe you've been taught by someone or you've had a tradition or this or that. There are people who believe things very, very strong. But that begins to, to become what it is to be a Christian. We learned in Sunday school that sometimes you can think you're doing things for the Lord and you're really not doing them for the Lord at all. You're just doing what you've always been told, right? And so, so that really got me thinking. And, and what, what I see out of that is there's some things we hold so very dear. Why do we hold them so dear? It's just an accumulation of all things we've been taught through the years. In other words, it may not even be Bible at all. It might just be something we're really strong on. <clears throat> then I heard another, another quote, putting these two together really just kind of got, got my attention. This is a historical fact. When false doctrine begins to rise, it forces the church to clarify truth. Let me say it again. When false doctrine arises, it forces the church to clarify. Now, if you go all back through history, even back to the day of Pentecost, as you follow the church through, there have been times when there would be someone rise up and they would, you know, they would start touting some false doctrine, some error, some heresy. And that would force the pastors to say, no, this is what the Bible says. And, and, and so without that false doctrine rising up, we sometimes just float along. And it's hard to say this, and I don't want to say it in the wrong way, and, and, and please take it in the right way. There's almost a benefit when her heresy rises up because it forces the pastors to say, no, this is what the Bible says. That's wrong. And sometimes that wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the heretics, okay? <laughs> so so there, there is that. But putting those together, we come into a church now, and there is a lot of false doctrine in our land, and there is a lot of accumulation of traditions and beliefs, and how do we fix all of that? And, and so that's kind of what we're going to talk about this morning. So unusual for me, I know, but I'm just going to read one verse this morning. Uh, uh, the whole chapter is really on the same subject. It all goes together, but we're just going to read one verse very familiar so if we could stand and honor God's word and uh, just going to read verse 15 by itself <clears throat> second Timothy chapter 2 verse number 15 study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth let us pray Father, how I thank you for allowing us to be together again with our church family. Oh, God, how I thank you for allowing me to be a part of this church. And Lord, I thank you for each and every individual that is here this morning. And Lord, we know that everyone is, has a different need this morning. But I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. And as a congregation, Lord, we'd be able to hear from your word, hear from the Holy Spirit. And Lord, maybe change our eyes, uh, change the way we see things, I pray in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> So we're going to talk about preachers this morning. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to talk about preachers. Last week we kind of talked about deacons. This morning we're going to talk about preachers uh, and, and, and the people. <clears throat> so there are many different beliefs about what a preacher should be, right? 
many different opinions. This is what a preacher should be. This is how they should be. This is the kind of preaching I like. All of those different things. And that's, that's all fine and, and well. Uh, but what does the Bible say? That's what we want to talk about this morning. Does anybody here care what the Bible says? Because Gary can give you his opinion, and we can go across his opinion. We can take a poll, and we can say, this is what we like preachers to be. This is how a preacher ought to be. But what does the Bible say? Does that matter to anybody? It ought to matter what the Bible says. In other words, your opinion, your accumulated traditions and beliefs from the past do not entail what a preacher should be, but God determines what a preacher should be. Are you guys with me? And so this, in, so in context, if we take it in context, if you, if you understand your Bibles, First and Second Timothy are, are what they call pastoral epistles. They are written to a pastor. Everything in First Timothy and everything in Second Timothy is instructions to pastors. And Timothy was a pastor. Paul, uh, his mentor, was instructing him on what a preacher should be, what a pastor should be. The entire second chapter in context, if you read it, it's all about preaching. It's all about uh, about the the preacher and what he should be so right in the middle of that we have verse 15 so in context we're in very stable ground I just didn't take time to read it all this verse is specifically um, focused it is targeted for preachers and so we're going to go through it and we're going to see if we can learn what a preacher should be now the first word we have is study Is that a bad word? Is it a bad word? Study. The, the Greek definition is, get this up, this is, this is good. The Greek definition, give diligence, exert oneself. That, that is not the idea of casual, I read it, I got it, I'm going to let the Lord show me what it means. That is not the idea. The idea is, is working and studying and exerting yourself and diligence and, 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 and really putting a lot into it. It is study. It is a very in-depth thing. And study is what makes a preacher. Can I just say this? Uh, if you find a good preacher, I don't know if you guys get this or not, but if you find a good preacher, you'll think you've done left the Lord out of it. No, I haven't. I'm just preaching the Bible. If you find a really good preacher... And, and when I say this, let me say a biblical preacher, that didn't happen by accident. He's just not talented. He's not just gifted. He didn't just wake up one morning and he knew the Bible, right? It took a lot of study for that man to be able to stand there and give you a, the word of God. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of effort. It took a lot of work. And so, the, But the Bible says it does not say allow the Lord to just speak to you and give it to you. It says study. This is written to preachers. Study, give diligence, exert yourself, uh, put it all in there. Do, dig everything out you can with all of your abilities. Study to see what the Bible says. So you're getting ready to preach a message. There's about three things that kind of round off a preacher, if you will. There is the preparation on the particular message that you are preaching. So you're, you're studying a text. Typically, you know, we try to get all of our brothers that are here now to preach expositorily, which means you take a certain number of verses, you read them, you study them over and over and over again. You get the meaning that comes from that word, and that's what you preach to us. So you have the study that you did on the text that you're preaching. So uh, Brother Miguel's preaching, Brother Josh, Brother Jacob's preaching. They're, they come up here and they're preaching a message from that text that they have studied for for maybe weeks or months. Uh, that, that is one part of being a preacher. 
But you know, and, and I feel like Sand Hill Church is accepting of this. I don't feel like I've got to uh, climb over too many mountains to get this across to you guys. Uh, but there's more to it than that. Do you know that there is the preparation for that message? Here is what has not been understood, and I, and I don't know if it's understood by everybody yet, but I, th I think we're getting a lot closer. Do you know there's not, as, as I stand here and preach, there's not also only the study of the particular text that morning, but there's the accumulation of everything I have studied since I started preaching. There's the accumulation of everything I've studied since I've been a Christian. There's the accumulation of 40 years of everything I've ever read, everything I've ever listened to, everything I've ever said. And now that's what am I saying? It isn't just that uh, when I sit down in my study and I spend several hours studying out that text, there's also everything that I've learned from everything before that that comes into play. And as a preacher, often when you are studying, your previous study is what really makes the meat on the bones. Does that make sense to anybody? Does anybody get that? There, there, you could have a, a message that is kind of um, not very filling. It's kind of lacking much meat. And, but whenever you're studying the text to get what it means, and then you're able to bring into it all of the things that you have studied and learned from other uh, studies, you begin to put some meat on the bones. You begin to, to make it, make it uh, uh, help the people. Now, you have the study of the particular text, you have the accumulation of all the knowledge of everything that you've studied in the past, and here's something that I, I kind of feel like I stand alone on this, uh, but I, I, I just be honest with you, I think that it is crucial for pastors today to, to have this. There is not only the accumulation of everything that you've ever learned and studied and, and everything that you've read, and there's not only the study of exactly what you're reading the text this morning, but there's also the understanding of what's going on. Do you know that matters? I try to, I know I'm different, but I try to know what's going on out there. I'm not even talking about politics in the world and all that. That has its place, current events. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about if all you ever know is what the free will Baptists believe, you are living in a hole. If all you ever listen to is, 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 is one type of preachers, you're living in a hole. If you never listen to anybody that brings anything any different than what you believe, you're living in a hole. Now, I listen to a lot of stuff I don't agree to, but I like to know what's going on out there so there's a, so there's a context for everything. That's said. You come and talk to me about Calvinism or, or about Arminianism or about, uh, about once in grace, always in grace, or about free will or about all the different things that there are. I like to say I understand how they believe and why they believe it, and this is what the Bible says. Instead of, well, we believe this and we don't agree with them. That doesn't work anymore, people. That doesn't work anymore. <laughs> right? That may have worked 50 years ago. That doesn't work today. And, and people today will not take that for an answer. They, there has to be that. So as a preacher who stands up here and he has studied, he studied uh, what is happening around us with other preachers. He studied uh, the, a lot of different material. He begins to form a something to give the people. Am I making sense? He has something to give the people. If I could just say this um, as, as nicely as I can, there's a lot of preachers they don't have anything to give the congregation. They, they don't. They, 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 there's nothing to give. There's no meat on the bone. 
You, you, you get it. You know, wings are great. Aren't wings great? Aren't wings great? I mean, it tastes really good. How about if you just get one? I mean, it's got like one bite, right? It's, it's, there's two bones and a little tiny piece of meat. That's, and now wings are great when you get 25 of them. It's great, right? But one wing ain't my, And that's the way some preaching is. It, there's, there's, there's one little bite and there, there's nothing there. There's, there's no meat on that bone. So, so we have to do this to be able to, to preach. And we've tried to push our preachers to preach expositorily. We, we've talked about that in the past. Um, so how does a preacher study to get this? Now he's not studying for the text, but now he is studying to increase his knowledge, his understanding. How does he do that? Well, I'll tell you one good way to do that is read books. Now, I'm just a really firm believer. Everybody knows me, knows this. But I'm just a firm believer. You're, you know, I've been told ever since I've been pastor, ever, and I feel like this has gone away now, but ever since I've been, why do you read books? Why do you read books? Because I want to learn. Because I want to learn. Right? And, and there, you are robbing yourself. So here's the thing. People say, well, just read the Bible. Well, I've, I've watched a lot of those preachers just read the Bible, and they don't know hardly anything. Now, I'm not being cruel. I'm just, I'm just being honest. So do you think that you're the only person that God's ever give the Holy Spirit to? Is it possible there's another preacher somewhere who even maybe is dead now who had the Spirit that God spoke to him? Am I making sense to anybody? You read that preacher and you say, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Why is it amazing? Because the Holy Spirit gave it to him and he wrote it down. So you read all of those and now your wisdom just increases. So you can count on your little pea brain or you could say, I need some help to increase everything I can learn. So we read and we get our knowledge expanded by books and by listening to sermons and by, there's, there are so many resources now. There are, uh, um, Brother, Brother Miguel, I'm very jealous of him, by the way, kind of envious and he's causing me to sin, but he, he, he went and bought a, 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 a very expensive uh, commentary and you can just find it. But let, can I just say, there is limitless supplies of resources for a preacher but if you don't study them they won't do you any good there's a lot of things out there we can learn to have something good to give to the people but if we don't we're just going to be giving them that bone that doesn't have anything on it so we got to study guys we got to it is it is a a um a calling for preachers so being a preacher is a lifelong student. I'll give you two statements. I don't even know that I'm going to give you an answer for them. I'm just going to give you two statements to, to chew on, to think about. I've thought about this a lot. You come and ask me after service, I, I may give you my opinion. You may not like it. But I want to ask this question. Very, very serious question. I want everybody here to think about this. Please stop and think for a minute. Focus in. Is every preacher called to be a scholar? Or just some preachers are called to be scholars. In other words, are there those preachers who are supposed to know the Bible and everything about it? And those are those preachers who really don't need to be don't really need to know. Now, you figure out the answer to that question, but here's my other question. If all preachers are not called to be scholars, then is there different callings within being a preacher? In other words, could you be called to be a preacher? I know some really, really good preachers who are great men great buddies, great friends, do anything in the world for you, live a godly life, know almost nothing about the Bible. Okay? If that's okay and that's acceptable, then maybe there is a calling as a preacher that is not necessarily getting behind the stand uh, all the time and preaching. Maybe it is just being a minister 
So I don't know. You think about it. But, it, but my argument this morning is, if you're going to be up here behind a pulpit, you need to know what the Bible says. You need to be a scholar. You need to have some depth. You need to have some meat. You need to give them something that they can chew on, something they can go home with. You ought to always try to plant that thought in their mind that they go home with and that they can't leave. Second word we come to is uh, approved. Approved. That word literally means accepted or pleasing. And I looked up the definition in the Greek, and it, it has kind of a long explanation of, of how that uh, th this was a, a kind of a seal that they put on those that had proven themselves to have integrity. But here's a carnal illustration. Here's a carnal illustration. Oh, everybody will probably get How many of you, every time you go to the mailbox, how, how many of you get, I get about six every day. How many of you get that you're approved? Credit card. Send you a credit card. You are approved, right? You're pre-approved. Borrow this much money. Pre-approved. So what they're saying is we have looked at your life. We have examined how much money you make, how you pay your bills, how much debt you're in. Uh, we've examined everything about you. And by compiling everything, we have decided you are approved. We will give you lots of money so you can ruin your life, right? That's, that's what they're really saying, right? So, but here, that's a carnal illustration, but here's the thing. As a preacher, God says, I'm going to look at everything in your life. How long you've been saved, how you were raised, where you came from, how much brains I gave you. And I'm going to decide if you're approved or not. Now, the scripture clearly says approved by God. Approved by God. Here's the thing. I can look at, I can look at Miguel and I can say, buddy, you should be doing a lot better than that. But you know, God knows. I look, look at Jacob and say, come on, Jacob, man, you, you can do a lot better than that. But God knows. But the truth is, and I can look at Josh, you know, and, and, I, and I say, man, you know, Josh, you, you, know, you, you, should, you should be a lot farther along than what you are. But God knows. But as I was preparing this message, I had to kind of look in the mirror a little bit. You know, we've got three young preachers here and praise God for them. And... As I was thinking about them, I kind of had to look in the mirror a little bit. You know, I've been saved longer than any of those guys have been alive. I've been studying the Bible longer than any of those guys have been alive. I've been preaching almost as long as those guys have been alive. And it just kind of dawned on me. If I'm going to tell them God is going to judge you by what you're capable of, he's going to judge me by what I'm capable of. Would God look at me and say, you're where you should be? After all those years and all that you've done, you have, are at the level that you should be? Or would God say, man, with everything I gave you, you should be a lot farther along than what you are. Is anybody getting this? But being approved of God is kind of a big deal. Amen? Being approved of God is kind of a big deal. <clears throat> are you at the level God knows you are capable of? Brothers, are you at the level God knows? I, every one of our preachers is in a different situation. They've, they've been uh, come from different backgrounds, been saved different amount of times. Just everything is different about our preachers. I may not be able to judge them, but God knows right where they should be. But brothers, I want to ask you, are you at the level you should be at? Are you as deep as God knows you're capable of? In my own opinion, in my own uh, serious opinion, I believe all three of our preachers are smarter than I am. But here's what I know. Here's what I know that I know that I know. Anybody who knows me knows this is true. I'm not very smart. I'm not very fast. I'm not a great reader. I'm not a real smart guy. Everybody knows that about me. But here's what I know. Jacob Moore might have 
an IQ that's double mine. But if this old dumb hillbilly puts his nose in here and, and reads the Bible, he will be a better preacher than the guy that's ten times smarter than him. So see, we, we don't get to use the excuse, I'm not as smart. Now, if you are smart, you might get a little bit more than the guys of us that are dumb, right? But, but my point is, study is what makes the difference. And God says, study, and you'll show that you're approved. And if you get approved by God, don't you think the people might catch on? You know, if, if, this, if this would have said, study to show yourself approved by the people, we could preach a little different message on But I got to thinking about it. If you're approved by God... If you go to a church and you're preaching the gospel and you're approved by God, I'm just thinking the people's going to think that that guy's got something, right? In other words, if you're, if you're in tune with God and I'm in tune with God and God's approved me, God's going to show you. The, so there, there's something to that. Being approved by God, it proves something to the people. <clears throat> now, just real quickly, uh, let, let's, just, let's just throw a couple things. So we're ta- still talking about being approved um, and we're still talking about what the Bible says. We're going through verse uh, number 15 here. But preaching what we already know. You know, I can stand up here and preach a message to you that God is good. Is that true? It's true. Now, often we need reminded of that. And often we can bring that about in a different way than we've ever done before. Uh, but we can, be, we can get in a way of bringing the same thing that everybody already knows. Is it true that Jesus Christ saves? Is that true? Yeah. Amen. Is it true he's the only way to heaven? Yeah. Yes. If that's all you get every Sunday, are you going to grow spiritually? No. And, and that's my point. There's a lot of things we already know that are good and that are true, and we've got them down pat, and you can stand up here as a preacher and you can declare those things, but if we already know them, we're not going away saying, wow, that blew me away. Right? Jesus saves. Amen, 100%. Got anything more? Nope, that's all I got. Jesus saves, right? And, and you say, well, preacher, that sounds like, uh, that sounds like you're um, um, saying that that's not enough. Well, turn your Bibles with me, or I think Josh is going to have it on the screen. Hebrews chapter 6. Let's see what it says, because uh, the writer of Hebrews is agreeing with me. Again, we're trying to figure out what the Bible says and not what you think. But uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 1 He's writing here a very strong statement, actually, in the sixth chapter of Hebrews, probably one of the most controversial, difficult chapters in all the Bible. But the first verses, I think, make some things clear. It says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. It says, leaving the doctrines of Christ. Now we'll explain to you just a second what that means, but it says after you leave those doctrines, go on to perfection, go on to maturity. It says not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, or, but of the doctrines of baptism, of laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, of the eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. So you say, what is the, the doctrines of Christ? Well, he tells you in verse 2, it's that you need to be baptized. It's a, it, that, there, that, we will, that Christ rose from the dead. We will rise from the dead. It is if you give your heart to the Lord, you get to live forever. Those are fundamentals that we have to have. Listen, you've got to have that to be a church. You've got to know the fundamentals. But once you know the fundamentals, the writer of Hebrews said, you need to move on. You need to go a little deeper. You need to, it's not enough just to know the, what you got you in the door. You got to need to go a little deeper to get, to get stronger uh, in the Lord. 
and says, and this we will do if God permit. Look with me to uh, Matthew chapter 13. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 13. In verse 52, Jesus' own words here in red letters, Matthew 13 and 52, Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe, a scribe was those who wrote down the words of God, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasures things new and old. Let me translate that to you. When you're handling the Word of God, which is what scribes did, you ought to be able to present the things we already know, the old things, and you ought to be able to give them something new. And that's what makes church work. Listen, we come out here four times a week sitting under someone yelling at you. If you're not getting something new, it's going to get dull real fast. We need to be advancing in our knowledge of the Word of God. It is the answer to uh, um, our spiritual growth. So back to Timothy. Back to Timothy. We're, we're now, we're studying, we're doing this to be approved. Just real quickly, it says, a workman, uh, uh, that, that is implying that there's some labor involved. So you're, you're working, you're laboring. And it says, need not be ashamed. It just simply, that, that word ashamed, it simply means uh, to, to uh, no need for shame. If we're not what we ought to be, and we're not feeding the people, we ought to be ashamed. And this says, be a workman that works so hard that you don't have to be ashamed. Now all of us sit down, including your pastor, do this quite often. All of us sit down after preaching and think, oh, why did I say that? Or I said that the wrong way, or I messed that up, or, you know, I lost my train of thought. Everybody does that, okay? That, that's a give. I don't think there's a preacher anymore. And sometimes I think God does it just to humble us down a little bit, right? Uh, so we all do that. But do you get up and don't have anything to say? And so I'm challenging you, let's don't be ashamed. Let's study to show ourselves a proof so we can be that workman that doesn't have to be ashamed what we're doing. Amen? And lastly, he says, rightly dividing uh, the word of God. Rightly dividing. That word literally means, in the Greek, that word literally means to cut straight. To cut straight. Guys, let's just cut it straight. Let's just cut it straight. This is what the Bible says. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Don't, don't worry about feelings. Don't worry about uh, tradition. Don't worry about this or that. Let's just cut it straight. This is what the Bible says. They used to say that, used to say, um, when I was a kid, they used to say, that preacher, he's, he's gum barrel straight. You know you can't shoot out of a crooked gum barrel? You know if the gum barrel's crooked, you can't shoot out of it? It's got to be straight. What does it mean? It means when that, that, when that bullet goes down through there, that barrel's got to be straight. And they used to say he's gum barrel straight. That just means he, he, doesn't, he doesn't go off on either side. He just straight what the Word of God says. That's what we need to be is just straight what God says. <clears throat> so that all being said, Moving on, second point, that's the long point. Don't get all panicky. It took him an hour to do the first point. We're, we're going to get through these last points quickly. Um, but what it takes today, let me just say this very, very boldly. I guess this comes in a little bit of the, on the point of knowing what's going on around us. Our churches are in a serious place. I don't know if you guys know that. I don't know if anybody here keeps up with it. Maybe you just uh, don't know what's going on. But churches are in a serious place. There's a lot of churches that did not survive COVID last year. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but it's coming back around. 
but we're in a serious place. And not only the COVID thing, but the false doctrine thing and the, the government thing and all that is going on. It's a time we get serious about God. Right. And, and so it's a serious time for our churches. What we need today is not what we needed years ago. You know, I've, I've said this many times, but if you, even when I was a kid, you could be a preacher. You could just preach. Uh, you know, everybody already knew most of the things. It wasn't all the craziness in the world. It was a different world. Everybody amen with that. 30, 40 years ago, it was a different world than it is today. Amen. And the truth is, five years ago is a different world than we're in today. And the truth is, eight months ago is a different world than we're in today. It is a different world we are living in. And can I just say this? The Word of God is still relevant, but preachers have to rise to the occasion. And the occasion is we're in a mess. We're in a mess. Churches are in a mess. So I want to talk just a little bit about, and this I guess kind of a lot of what spurned this message on. I want to talk about all of the errors that are coming from the pulpit. Now, this is really dear to your pastor's heart, and I feel like as a shepherd, I feel like as, as the pastor of this church, I feel like I bear responsibility to you guys, and I do my best to preach you guys the Word of God. But here's the thing, guys. There are a lot of people who are very, very intelligent who are using the Word of God to preach heresy. And my fear is there's a lot of Christians who will just say, hey, it's Bible, got to be right. There's a movement right now. Just, I just uh, watched a, a YouTube thing on this just uh, this week. But there is a, there's a man in California starting a whole entire movement. Now you get this. You think about how dangerous this is. That he's starting an entire movement. And not only is he growing a large church in, in uh, California, but now it's going worldwide and he's promoting this uh, movement. Now get this. I want you guys to get this. This is, this is why this is so dear to my heart. This man believes everything about the gospel exactly right. He believes that Jesus died for our sins. He believes you've got to accept Jesus as your Savior to go to heaven. He believes you go to hell if you don't. He believes, you know, in the resurrection. He believes everything we believe. He's exactly right on track. He listens to me and says, man, this guy, he believes just like we do. He takes his Bible very biblically. Everything he says comes from the Bible. And this is his doctrine. He says, you know, he believes all the gospel. The gospel is accurate. It's, actu it's what we believe. He says, but we're going to just do what Jesus did. And he makes a part of the gospel the healing of everyone that is sick. Because he said, Jesus healed everyone. We should be able to heal everyone. And if you are sick, it is because you have sinned or you do not have enough faith. And if you did, you are not right with God. Now this is catching on. Because how many of you know, okay, let's just look this morning. Not, I don't mean to pick on anybody. But if I stood up here this morning and I told Tina and I told Renee and I told Christy and I told, and I told Brother Allen and, and, and Jamie and, and everybody's here and all the rest of you is there. And I, I tell Eddie, you go home and tell Eddie and, and Conrad, you go home and tell them, listen to me. If we just serve God and be like Jesus, all of you will be great tomorrow. No more sickness. It's a great message. It's a great message. And you do it, you do it with enough uh, enthusiasm and then they play mind games to convince people that this actually works. What is my point of all of this? Here's my point of all of this. And I don't mean, I love you guys. I, with all my heart, I love you guys. I'm just trying to show you my heart. 
I'm afraid some of you guys would listen to that preacher and think that's some good stuff. That's some really good stuff. That's, that's heresy is what that is. Are you guys with me? That's heresy. That, that, that is not Bible. That is heresy. And I could go on and on and on. There are so many preachers around here. What I'm saying is we used to say, well, the Jehovah Witnesses, we know that's a call. And the Muslims, we know that's a call. And this one, that one, we know that's a call. But now it is Christians with a Baptist line, name over their pulpit and, and reading out of the Word of God and giving you something straight out of the fires of hell. And people are falling for it by the millions. Now, if I just stop here with Amanda, just close your ears for just a minute. If we're getting close to the end, doesn't it say that at the end there's going to be an apostasy of the church? Isn't that what's coming? Error is going to come into the church, and the church itself is going to apostatize itself, and there's going to be so much error in the church that the church is going to be deceived. But it does say when he comes, there will be faith. And there will be those who believe the right thing. And so here's the big question, and it, me being the pastor right now, here's the big question for me. Are we going to allow that to come in here and, be, and, and allow heresy to come in? Or are we going to say, no, we know the truth, and we won't allow that in here? Do you know how you guys, so last week we preached on deacons and what the congregation should be. This morning we preached on preachers and what the congregation should be. But do you guys know how you guys can be protected from all that heresy that's out there? By having the truth in here. Not because Gary says it, but because the Word of God says it. And when you know what the Bible says, you won't be deceived by all that junk going on out there. But it is full of it. And I bear a responsibility that you not be received. And some guy might have on a suit and a tie and he might be holding the King James Version Bible and he might be breathing out right out of the words of God and he might be leading you straight out away from the, away from the truth. And we need, to, we need to be able to discern that. And I could give you many, many examples of that, uh, but, but let, let us move on. <clears throat> what is the proof? I think this is, you say, preacher, I don't agree with what you're saying. I don't think a preacher needs to study. I think if he just gets up and follows the Spirit, he doesn't need any of that stuff. We could have a good shout and hallelujah service, jump over the pews. It's a great time. We don't need all that Bible stuff and study, and that's just not necessary. Okay, you have an opinion, I have an opinion. What does the Bible say? The Bible makes it clear, study to show yourself approved. The Bible makes it clear that we're supposed to be preaching what we have studied and learned. <clears throat> but, but let's look at what is the proof. COVID hit. Now, this is just a fact. This isn't Gary's opinion. This is, uh, this is not Gary's opinion. This is, this is just a fact. This, just look it up. COVID hit. Anybody know COVID hit? Okay, COVID hit. All right. 2020. So 2019, go back to 2019, all across this country, we had all different opinions about what church should be and what, what we ought to do. And we had all different styles of churches. And, and we had some churches doing very, very well, working, doing things that they really shouldn't have been doing. And we had all these different discussions about church. But COVID hit. Do you know what COVID did? It separated it's separated. Do you know how many churches today didn't make it because of COVID? Shut their doors and they're done. Do you know how many churches today are running half, 30% of what they was years ago? Talk to Brother George when he's there. He travels all over the thing and he did not paint a pretty picture. He said the places he's going, they're either closing doors or, or they're, they're down half the people they had or less. Just, it's, just, it's just bad. How, what is the proof? 
Can I tell you if you if so if you so if you if you do what I'm talking about, if you study what's going on in the entire United States, if you st- study all the truth and all the statistics, and you take time to find out what all the preachers are doing, all the pastors. I talk to a lot of pastors, a lot of pastor friends, a lot of people around, and everything else. I talk to a lot of them. They say our church is closing and it's going under. I know what kind of a church they had. I also talk to others who say our church has never been doing better. Do you know what the number one uh, common denominator is? Where the Word of God was. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you're asleep, you guys act like you're bored. If you guys are asleep, listen to me. The churches who had highly emotional services, who were all about coming to church and feeling good and getting an emotional high and going out with no word of God, COVID has killed those churches. They are dying out. They will cease to exist. They will not make it through this second wave of COVID. They are going under. The churches who preach the word of God, they come to be learning. They, they come to get an understanding of the word of God. COVID has made them stronger and they are growing and they are better than they were before so did God design a Christianity that COVID can't that can't cope with COVID in other words did is there a Christianity that, that COVID just wipes out no the truth it didn't slow this church down at all this, this church just COVID hit we got sick we went through it we're, we're, we're stronger on this side than we was on the back side other churches hit COVID. So if you're going to church, you're not getting the word of God, you're going for an emotional high, and that's cut off from you. You didn't have any strength to start with. Now you don't get your emotional high. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to die spiritually. And a whole lot of people decided, I'm just going to quit going to church, and I'm not coming back because of COVID. Do you know who those people were? The people who weren't getting the word of God. The people getting the word of God. You know what all of you people told me? I remember being out in the parking lot as your pastor. You know what all you people told me? Pastor, when do we get to come back to church? We don't like this not going to church. We need to come to church. Am I making sense to anybody here? You say, you say, well, it doesn't make any difference. That's your opinion. No, it's not my opinion. It's the truth. It is the way things are. The COVID has made a clear designation between those that are preaching the word of God and those that are not. And if you don't believe me, just go on. Just take about 100 hours or 300 hours or 500 hours, whatever it will take you to catch up and study what's going on across this country. And you'll find out I'm exactly right. It's exactly the way it is. Okay. Not only COVID, but let's just real quick, let's just hit this. Not only COVID, so let's go back to 2019, 2018. Let's go back to that. Has anybody here know or noticed how weak Christians are? I mean, they get sick. Oh, what am I going to do? I can't make it anymore. Why God turn his back on me? I think I'll quit going to church. I'm mad at the preacher. He didn't visit me. Well, you know what that is? That's, that's spiritual weakness. And our churches are full of them. Do you know why our churches are full of them? I know I'm being very blunt, but this is very dear to my heart. This is, this is my passion, people. This is, this is where Gary's heart is at. Do you know why they're that way? Because they go to a church where they don't hear the word of God. If you hear the word of God, you know you're not supposed to be acting like that. You know it isn't about you, it's about him. You know we don't have a place to be complaining and boo-hooing about yourself. God's going to take care of us. Keep your eyes on him. It's going to be all right. But if you go to a church where it's all emotion, you're going to go there and you're going to say, oh, man, I'm, I don't get an emotion. I'm too sick to be emotional this morning. I'm not getting any strength. I don't have any spiritual strength, and my life just fell apart. I don't want to go to church anymore. And we see that all over the place. So there is a, there is a clear, clear, if you just open your eyes, there's a clear um, uh, evidence. Those churches who don't have the Word of God, their people are very weak. They can't handle problems. They can't ha- handle things. I have, I have hundreds of friends all over in so many churches, and I know the kind of churches they go to. 
to. They're not hearing the word of God. And as soon as a problem comes in the family, problems comes with their health, their finances, they're just, they're just completely blown away. But I know a little group of people in Sandusky, Ohio, who are going through some really, really bad things. Just as I'm preaching this message, we're going through some really bad things. This church is hurting right now. This church is hurting right now. There's some really bad things happening to this church uh, with a lot of health problems. We're a small church, so we have a lot of things going on. But I see a church that is coming here, and we are strong, and we are growing. We're not holding our heads down saying we can't make it. We're holding our heads up saying God is good. And even this morning, as we come out uh, proclaiming we had some problems, we had some issues, we all still agree God is good. Do you know what makes a difference? It is not your pastor. It is not a charismatic personality. It is not a lot of emotionalism. It is the Word of God that makes the difference. You take a church founded on the Word of God, it will stand. You take a, word, a church that is founded on tradition and emotionalism, it will not withstand what we're going to be facing. And let me just say this, Amanda, please do this. Let me just say this, what we're facing. Do you guys think things are going to get better? No. Do you guys think we're going to turn around and go back to the America we had in 1950? No. Would you guys like to? Who I like to? I vote for that. We're not going back, people. I'm afraid we're heading for the sewer in a mighty big hurry. Okay? I'm afraid as I read the things that, that are foretold in the Bible are coming at the end, they're upon us. So what's the answer? Stick our head in the sand and pretend like it isn't happening? No. Just come out here and have a good emotional service because we feel good about ourselves? No. You know what the answer is, people? I stand confidently saying this, if I am wrong, God, just take me home right now. If we preach the word of God, I don't care what the devil throws at us and what, what happens in this country, we can get through it. Does anybody believe that? If we don't have that people, we're going under. This church will not survive. What's coming from our government, what's coming from our culture, what's coming from uh, the, the end of time and, and the Antichrist, and all of that that is coming at us, we will not survive if we're not studying the Word of God faithfully every week, every service. I was back in Josh's office this morning, and he's got pinned up on his thing, his prayer group. I hope those of you that are in your prayer group are praying it faithfully. But he says every message preached will take us deeper in the Word of God. Every time we come out here, we're growing spiritually we're deeper in the word of God I'm telling you the devil cannot beat us if we have that he cannot win if we have that we will stand against I don't care what it comes we will overcome it but if we don't have that we will go under and you say preacher that's your opinion no that's pretty much proven fact just look around the statistics are I believe believe as of to date something like 30 or 40% of all of the churches in America closed up. And the churches that existed are mostly running at 50% capacity, 50-60% capacity. And the statistics say most of those people are never coming back. You know what I say? I say a lot of that was due to a lack of the Word of God. Because I didn't see that out of you guys. <laughs> are you guys with me this morning? Yeah. It's the Word of God. It rests on the preacher's shoulders, but it is the Word of God. If I am declaring to you the Word of God, we will stand strong. If I'm giving you Gary's opinions, emotionalism, making you feel good, come out here and just make you happy, we're going to fall. I'm not... 
you know, I'm really not a very brave guy. If you guys, anybody knows me, I'm not really not a brave, very brave guy. I'm, honestly, I'm not. But can I just say, I'm not really afraid of what's coming. I'm not afraid of what's coming. I know some of you are just freaked out in panic mode, and I, I just talked to my neighbor yesterday, a very staunch uh, conservative, and I just talked to him, and he said, well, I'm just telling you, we just need to have enough uh, food and water stocked up so we can just live for a long, long time, basically everything shuts down. Can I tell you, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Here's what I know. If they take me out of this church and lock me up and put me in jail, God's going to take care of me. If they say we can't worship anymore, God's going to take care of us. If, I, if they beat me and torture me and are going to kill me, God's going to take care of us. Amen? But if we don't have the Word of God, we'll not survive. I've thought this so many times. I'm trying to hurry, but I've thought this so many Let me just say this quickly. I've thought this so many times. I listen to a lot, a lot of preachers. And, and this is just the way your pastor's mind works, forgive me. But I listen to a lot of preachers. I'm talking a lot of preachers I listen to. And I've, I've often thought this. I, I've had this thought since the best. I've thought to myself, because of everything going on, if, if we were locked up and put into prison and tortured to deny Jesus, how many of them brothers that I know would be saying, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll deny him, let me out of here, right? And how many of them would say, do what you got to do. I, there's no way I'm denying my Lord. Can I tell you, there'll be a lot of preachers turn their back on Jesus. There'll be a lot of preachers turn their back on Jesus. But there'll be some who won't for any price. Pray that your pastor be one of those that doesn't, for no reason, will, will turn his back on his Lord. But I, there's something in here that's deeper than my feelings and my emotion. It is the Word of God. So, <clears throat> last thing, let me tell you. I read a book one time called Expository Listeners. What do you think about that? expository listeners. <laughs> the idea was, doesn't do any good to have a good message if you're not listening. Doesn't do any good to preach the Word of God if you're not listening. But here's where we've come to as a church. Here's where we've come to. Most of you come out here, a lot of you take notes, a lot of you write things down, a lot of you are following along, a lot of you are following in your Bible, a lot of you are coming here understanding, we're coming here to learn the Word of God. That's what we got to do, guys. If we as preachers bring you the word of God and we bring you meat, you have got to uh, listen with a heart to learn and apply that to your life. Does anybody remember what our goal is for this church? Preach the word of God, live the word of God, reach lost souls, teach them the word of God, to live the word of God, repeat. That is our goal. That is the entirety of our goal. We do that. We're doing everything God wants us to do. That is our goal. That can only be accomplished if the preacher will preach you the Word of God, study and make it good and make it meet and make it interesting, make it clear, and you guys as a congregation will, will come here to learn. There are some people like Renee, we all have different abilities. There are some people who can only learn if they're writing something down. That's the way Renee learns. She, she takes notes. I believe, I'm not mistaken, this is just mind-boggling me, but every message I've ever preached since the day I first started till today, she's got a, a page of notes on every message I've ever preached. Pretty awesome. But that's the way she learns. Some of you uh, do well just, just listening. There's all kinds of ways. But can I just say, you have a responsibility. I just, I just told the preachers what they have to do, but you guys have a responsibility. If you guys don't come out here with an attitude to learn... It don't matter what we feed you. We're going out back here in just a little bit to eat. It don't matter how good that food is. If you say, I'm just sitting at this table and I ain't eating nothing. You can go out there complaining all day long. You're starving. But if there's good food there, it's your fault. It's your fault. Amen?
We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.